although this is a podcast that claims to take nothing seriously, some subjects are genuinely serious and need to be treated seriously, and this episode touches on some of those topics. We've included a detailed content note for this episode in the description. Please take a moment to read that before continuing. And I'm James. And we're your hosts for Not Not Another Another Shakespeare Shakespeare Podcast. podcast, The podcast that takes neither itself nor Shakespeare very seriously. And today we're here for a bit of fun, another installment in our At The Movies series. Yeah, we've done two um, pretty rubbish films so far, haven't we? We've done She's the Man. Yeah. Which uh, I believe we said at the time it held up like a pint of ice cream. It it did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then we did Romeo and Juliet. Which is aged, sealed by a kiss. Sealed with a kiss. Aged surprisingly well. Yep. But uh, <laughs> wasn't that strong to start with. It probably aged better than <laughs> She's the Man. Yeah, I think it did. I Despite it did. being a, a, a much lower budget option, should we say. Yeah, pretty much a one-man band, that one. Yeah. Mm. But today we're actually looking at one that's not rubbish. A film we actually like, <laughs> <laughs> based on Shakespeare. Um, yeah. So today we are looking at The Banquet, sometimes also known as The Black Scorpion, which is a Chinese film from 2006 directed by Feng Xiaogang. And it's Mm -hmm. in the, um, please forgive all my Chinese pronunciation today. Yeah, just, that's just, we'll just, let's just get that up right in front. I'm doing my best. I do make an effort. I Google it. um, But it's, I don't speak the language at all. So we will be butchering We'll try. The Chinese language today. We're trying. <laughs> We're making an effort. Um, so it is a... I've got the name of the original one here as well. <laughs> you want me to butcher it straight no, away? No, please don't. It's a, um, it's a film in the wuxia style, which is like House of Flying Daggers or Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Dragon, any of yeah. those films that you may have seen that were very popular around that time in the West as well. I think Crouching Tiger was the one that kind of broke it didn't it because it won yes. an oscar didn't it i, think. I believe it did yes. and then they were like "Ooh, mm. you know let's let's get some more of these ones yeah michelle yo who's like a big deal now now yeah um, if you're like one of our gen z listeners and you're into michelle yo from everything everywhere all at once or from the star trek thing on netflix or whatever uh house of sorry crouching tiger hidden dragon is sort of like her breakout role in the west isn't it yeah in the west in, in, yeah. the, in the early aughts um and she looks I'm, so young in it when you go does, back and yeah. watch it now, and like, she's it not was, like super young in it is she she's not no. like 20 she's older than that she's what, yeah because she has probably? a she has a pretty established career in china at that point yeah she? yeah, yeah. Mm, i, I thought on um crouch and tiger actually if we're going to talk mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. um i just you know i like the idea of a hidden dragon <laughs> i don't know if you get what i mean or, just as a concept i, mean, I, I, I I don't, I, I'm, again, I apologise for my lack of knowledge in it. I'm presuming it, it, it might mean it in the sense of like sort of devious dragon, sort of, that's, you know, mm, waiting okay. in the shadows or something like yes. that possibly. But I just like the idea of a hidden dragon. Like, you know, it's just sort like of hiding. playing hide and seek with a dragon. But like Nessie. <laughs> I mean, Nessie's not really a dragon. But he's sort As of, in the Loch Ness monster. He's sort of on, on route to dragon, isn't he? Mm. 
I guess, yeah, he's in, in the I'm dragon. Because we all know he exists. In the dragon family. <laughs> talking about it as if, like, you know, Nestle, that established <laughs> factual creature. Yes, yes, that well known to be real. Well documented. I in mean, to be fair, Scottish dragons, law. dragons as a concept, not True. known to be real. Do you reckon the Scottish flag would be better if it had an Nessie on it? The way that, you know, like Wales has got the dragon on that. Yeah, it'd be a million times better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, can you like picture in your mind the Scottish flag? Well, probably lots I of can, people can. I but can. Like, it's quite easy. I mean, I can too. But like, if it would be better with an Essie on yeah, it. Yeah, if you're going to be like, what's the most memorable? Because flag? Because the Welsh flag is pretty, pretty good, isn't it's it? It's pretty badass. It's a pretty badass flag. It makes know? one want to be Welsh. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Which I can't say the, the Scottish flag. flag does. The English flag. Yawn. Eh. Sorry. St. George. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the St. George flag has been sullied by all of the. That's true. Um, the far right. Yeah, the uses to which it is put. Anyway, flag talk. Yeah, and we've come back around to dragons. St. Yeah. George and the dragon, here we are. Yeah, um, so dragons. yes, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, probably the best known film in this genre in I the West. I think so, in the West. Uh, um, I mean, House of Flying Daggers is House of Flying Daggers is well. also well known. The Banquet um, is, in a lot of ways, produced in order to appeal to that Western market as well as the market in China. So there's some interesting, it, it comes under some critique for this actually in some of the Chinese media um, right, okay. at the point of its release that it's kind of trying to have it both ways <laughs> and sort of be a Western film. Um, it has some like stars who are known in the West in it. So Daniel Wu, who plays the the Hamlet equivalent, yeah. Zi Zhang, who plays the um, Gertrude character they're like known stars in hollywood at that point and so yeah they're kind of pulling that she, in as well she was in house of flying daggers or am I she is yeah yeah i think so thinking that yeah no yeah. she's in crouching tiger is she yeah she's uh, the she's the younger woman i think so Let we me need google to it. double check this we're gonna google this we're gonna go while you're googling that i can just read out some uh critical information about right. about the film um so it's currently got a 6.4 out of 10 on imdb it's 42% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is quite low, I would say, mm. uh, and 4.3 out of 5 on Amazon. So, you know, I'd say mixed reception is probably what, what, what we would say on, but I would also mm. say that that Rotten Tomatoes score is based on 12 reviews, so that's not really yeah, very, not very... not very encouraging. Not very um, robust, is no. it? So, yes, she's in Crouching Tiger, Hidden okay, Dragon. She's, the, she's like the younger the young assassin yep. character. Um, and she's, I, I mean, she still is quite well known in the West. Um, Wasn't she like one of the highest paid actresses at something at one point? She could have been. Yeah. She's or very certainly good. Certainly in, in, in China anyway. Yeah. She's very good. She's very um, believable in this role. I think she yeah. brings, I, one of the things that I wrote down as we were watching it back was like, Ooh, Gertrude's like a whole character. Like the, the yeah, female Gertrude characters. Is, is a, there's a lot of Gertrude. Yeah. She's you like, kind of. I, I mean, I, I don't know like Hamlet super well. As you, as you <laughs> listen to our Hamlet episodes, uh, you might you might pick up on that. But I do feel like that that character is is so much like you know she's mm. kind of is almost the main character in a way. Like she's in she it is. Yeah, I mean, she's... more than more than Wulian, uh slash. Sorry, Hamlet. I told you I was going to butcher it. So yeah. that's my disclaimer. Uh, Hamlet. I'll just call him Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. Um. She's you know she's almost in it more than Hamlet and. Uh, the Claudius character, who, who mm-hmm. was named General uh, Emperor Lee. Emperor Lee, um, she's almost like kind of like the focal point. She is, and she's. If you look at, um, sorry to listeners, I teach this film, <laughs> so I've got like my talking points. So if you are one of my students who happens to be listening to this, you've probably heard this all before, but not with James's perspective. So there, there we are. Um, 
she, in all of the posters and the kind of uh, promotional materials for the movie, she's really the kind of front and center yeah. of the, you know, like the classic thing that like all movie posters did between 2000 and 2010, where they had like a flying V of actors that oh, you were yeah, supposed to get yeah. excited about. She's at the, at the point of the V, she's kind of downstage center of all of those yeah. compositions. I feel like, if you don't mind me jumping in, mm-hmm. it, it felt very like... 2000s to me like it reminded me of like if, you know kind of just got into sort of general movie talk the way that like certainly up until like until the, maybe the recession or that sort of right at the end of of that decade films became very much in my opinion i might be wrong but this is my perspective that they were very much about like being like quite a spectacle and then, like mm. having very like lavish opulent sort of settings and having a big like oh here's the big list of actors like they had with like crash and Mm. you know those kinds of films yeah that that came out yeah Um, it's very maximalist in terms of aesthetic right like it's beautiful 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 big dramas was more of a thing and then when you like like, when you get later on i think it becomes Mm. more like about action and and marvel and that sort of thing starts to take away but but in that sort of earlier period i feel like the big sort of dramas was more of a thing. Yeah. And it was, you know what I mean? Or I do know what you mean. And I think there's, I think maybe part of that is that we're still in an era where most of the effects are practical effects. Yeah. So we have like, I remember, um, whenever the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out and they had the CGI on that actor's face, that was like the Davy Jones tentacles thing. Oh, it's not the Ian actor? McShane, is it? No, no, I can't remember. But someone like that. Isn't someone it? like that. Yeah. Um, someone wh- whose face you would recognize got yeah. like CGI'd yeah, over I, with I, this weird I tentacle face it. thing. I remember it. Yeah. Young people Google it, and this was like a huge deal. Yeah, it was like yeah. a big, big, big deal that they were CGIing over this guy's face. That yeah. was like new and exciting and sexy and the kind of tech that only Disney could afford. Yeah. So it's, I found it quite refreshing coming back to this film, which of course yep. I've, I've watched a couple of times this year already <laughs> because I teach it. Um, but the, one of the things I really appreciate about it, I guess, from the perspective of 2024 mm-hmm. is that the effects are all practical effects. So there's, yeah. there are seemingly impossible things happening. There's, you know, Imperial guards flying out of trees and a sword gets stopped in midair and there's all these. And when they're beating that guy up and he's just like flying all over the yeah, place. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's lots of wire work going on. Yeah, loads. Yeah. Loads of wire work going on. But as far as I can tell, hardly any, if any, CGI work. I think the only bit I saw that looked like CGI is where they're zooming out from the, yes, the palace. Yes, the exterior shot the of the exterior palace. Shot like, to show for, how, how grand it was and everything. Yeah, but and I for think the that crowds for that coronation scene. Yeah, that kind of stuff is CGI, but uh, yeah, a lot of the, the actual kind of choreography mm. it was all practical effects. Yeah, cast of thousands. I mean, I, I dread to think the budget on this. Oh, um, huge. It must be huge. It must be. Like, yeah. Anyway, shall we? Um, I think I think probably because of the success of the other films, you know, them, yeah, you know, certainly Crouching Tiger and House of Flying Daggers, like these, you know, came out to the West, so they kind of broke, increased the market. So I think with this one, there was probably an intention, right? Let's keep that going. Yeah, this I is... don't know if it quite, it didn't, it hasn't really had the same effect as those other mm. films, but I do have a vague, right? I feel like I may have seen this film. Yes. Um, you know, it's difficult because I can't remember every single film I watched in 2006. You know? <laughs> um, but it's it's certainly the sort of thing. Like I, I, I did see Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I did see House of Flying Daggers. And certainly if my parents were in charge of, you know, renting a movie, saw, ooh, a Hamlet adaptation, that, that yeah. certainly 
would have come home, you know? <laughs> yes, definitely. And I, I, I wonder, I mean, I haven't really been able to track down the extent to which Hamlet was part of the marketing for this film. Yeah. Um, either in China or in the West. I, I don't really know. Um, it's a, it's a loose adaptation, but it's closer on certain things than you might expect for something yeah. that has so many kind of big deviations from the Shakespeare yeah. story. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder if it's useful to kind of zoom out for a second and okay, just for the yeah. uninitiated be like, what is this film? What is it, what about? Is it about? What's what is happening? happening? Yeah. Um, so it's set in the 900s. So the 10th century. The Tang dynasty or something. Yes. That's what I saw. Yep. In China. Um, so think like opulent imperial aesthetic, right? Big, bright colors, huge banqueting halls. Um, and similar to this kind of period in Europe, really strong kind of strict hierarchies, sort of social, um, separation, shall we say, between the ruling class and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> James is trying to distract me with some, <laughs> some lewd gestures. <laughs> no, trying to get a bit of whiskey up. Um, so it's very beautiful to look at and very, very violent. Um, the, the violence is all very stylized, but it's also really, it's not gory, but it's bloody, right? Like there's... There's a fair amount of stage yeah. blood action. I mean, the goriest bits of it is probably quite like within the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah. That, so that, the, that initial fight sequence at yes. the um, at the drama school. Yeah, I'm calling so, it the drama school because it, it sounds funny. Literally, literally, they made Hamlet a drama student. <laughs> They're like, yeah. well, Hamlet? musician. They keep saying like, yeah, oh, you went off. A, you, want, you, you know, you could have, you could have done that bit where she's going about. Oh, you could have been a yeah. You could have been the emperor. You could have yeah. Prince, and but you wanted to go off and be a lonely musician in the in the in the bamboo forest. Yeah. with your, you know, your fellow artists in, in your masks and everything. Yes. So the opening scene, it, we get a kind of voiceover giving us some of the the context for what's going on, and then we arrive to the drama school, which is sort of like an outdoor amphitheater it's quite cool in the middle it's, of the woods it's, it's quite it's, impressive yeah yeah it's very pretty um and right off the bat we learn that the emperor wuluan's father hamlet's father has died and the empress has sent her soldiers to inform him that this has happened and to bring him back to the palace meanwhile the new emperor wuluan's uncle emperor lee the claudius okay, yeah claudius yeah um has sent his soldiers to assassinate the prince. And this is something that I think is interesting about this adaptation is that the succession question is much more active in this than it is in Hamlet. Mm -hmm. In Hamlet, there's not really a sense that, that a Hamlet wants to be king. <laughs> like he doesn't really give any indication of that. Um, and there doesn't seem to be any sense that he should be that like, nobody's particularly troubled by Claudius taking the throne. Mm. Um, that's partly because of how Danish government worked at that period in time. It's sort of, sort of an election, like right. not really like a democratic election, like we would think of, but the people sort of put their vote behind, um, who they thought should be King. So it wasn't necessarily sort of patrilineal succession the way it is in England, but also like, yeah, Wuluan is referred to as the crown prince the whole way through, um, the banquet and uh, little one, the empress, who he also has some kind of relationship with in the past. It's a little bit more 
it's a little more incestuous than a little more blatantly incestuous than Shakespeare. Hamlet. Is it incestuous if they had a relationship before though? I think it because I got I got the sense that that was like before, and then the the father, you know, kind yeah. of shacked up with her, and then it is know, because she dies. still wants him, right? Like. Well, she's got something. She, I mean, it could be. You could maybe it could be interpreted as a, a great friendship <laughs> in the way that when we find two mummies together who are both men in the same grave, we say they were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. But yes, yeah, I mean, she does do a lot of things, doesn't she? She just, she's got, she's looking out for him all the time, mm. even though she's the only in all thing. Other ways. The only thing that ever makes her kind of mask slip is when he's in danger. Yeah. So she's um, definitely... Are the same for her? Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're not... The whole episode is a spoiler, so... (laughs) (laughs) If you care about the end of this film or what happens in it, go away and watch it first. Yeah. (laughs) And then come back. Um, Sorry, you were going to say spoiler alert. Oh, just that he cares about her to some degree. But, uh, you know, really, he's you know, his interest is somewhere else. But I think he... I think he, he... yeah, he cares about yeah. her some de- on some level. Well, so he saves her him, life at the end. Yeah, that's he? what I mean. So, like, yeah. his, maybe he sees it as a kind of a, a kind of friendship, or or just a reciprocation of you've saved my life, you've intervened. Or, yeah, because she does, doesn't she? She does. In yeah, the, in the the sword the sword play thing or whatever. Yeah. She, you know, she's the one that stops it. But I mean, we'll get onto that. You've we'll get onto that. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, the... I'm diverting everything. So Nora, I'll just summarise <laughs> the plot for you. <laughs> so the so at the beginning we have these kind of two competing groups of soldiers coming from the palace for Wuluan um, while he's at drama school. And it's a, it's a really well choreographed scene because you've got these kind of two almost indistinguishable um, groups of soldiers who are wearing black and in masks. And then you've got the drama students who are wearing white and have white masks over their faces, um, like kind of neutral drama masks. And uh, they fight and it's... Wow in that one of them fights really yeah well. yeah it's in it's in the again this kind of wuxia style where it's all very kind of highly choreographed yeah very stylized not supernaturalistic and the soldiers have some action with each other and then they get on to the drama students who mostly do um die very quickly <laughs> yeah apart from one apart from one who we suspect was Horatio, is that what you think? Is that your Well, logic? I don't know, because Horatio is not really in the film. So Horatio is a, it, there's yeah. no kind of equivalent to Horatio. He I, l- like, he's a badass, this guy. This guy, yeah. So he jumps up on the roof and he's like, this theater is under the protection of the crown prince. Yeah. And then he starts fighting and he literally takes on this whole army by himself. Yeah. For about 10 minutes. I mean, he's he's fighting for a long yeah. time. I mean, you think he is going to be the, the prince, right? You that, think the, he the has to be role. because everybody else is dead. Nobody's yeah. even given a... Uh, and this one know. guy is just like, and then, you know, spoiler alert, yeah, he gets get, decapitated. <laughs> yeah. And as his head falls into the water rushing under this bridge, we see Daniel Wu's face. Yeah. Um, so, and we understand that this is, this is the prince. Yeah. This he's actually Wu-Wan. just been hiding under the water. Yeah. Very Hamlet. Let other people, <laughs> <laughs> let other people do the fighting. Um, yeah. And then, so we, we know that the prince is not dead, um, sort of from yeah. that moment and it's the first I teach that scene when I teach the film 
um, in a lot of detail because I think it really exemplifies something that Fung as the director does really brilliantly, which is to create ambiguity through yeah. the use of the mise-en-scene. So like all the things that are in the frame of each shot. Um, so that's our first kind of introduction to that sort of ambiguity where we might be assuming one thing, but actually something else is happening or we're not sure or clear who this person is, but we know they're important and we can't tell what's happening till later. So there's this kind of back and forth. Um, it happens again when Wuluan arrives home. It, his arrival into the palace is kind of intercut with scenes of uh, Empress Wan and Emperor Li being quite intimate with each other. Um, we get a lot of butt shots. There's a lot of there's a lot of butt in the first half of the, <laughs> the film, isn't there? Is there that? I mean, there's the bit with her in the bath, right? That's yeah. That's the, the main kind of butt. Yeah, we bit. get like kind of butt cleavage in the first scene and then full butt in, oh, the, in the, the following I didn't, scene. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see the first bit of butt. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there so it's the the emperor and the empress kind of being intimate with each other. He's giving her a little naked massage. Um and it's not totally clear whether Wuluan can hear or see them or not. Um He's looking at the uh, armor, isn't he? Yes, he's looking at his, his dad's father's armor, armor, which is set up in with this the kind blood of like funeral. coming through the the eye holes, right? Yeah, so the mask his, his father's kind of um face armor starts bleeding through the eye holes which is pretty much our only glimpse of the ghost. There's not the the kind of ghost it's element. It's also is not foreshadowing the way he died as well, in a way, right? It is, yes. Yeah. Although the, I guess, it, well, well, yeah. Maybe the ear. We'll get into that. But, yeah, we'll but, get... but also, but it's still the head in general, right, that would, mm-hmm. be, that would have been bleeding. Yes. Um, so, yes, we're pretty sure that, I'm I'm pretty sure that Wuluan doesn't actually see his uncle and his no, I don't slash think he does. Slash aunt. <laughs> I think it's maybe it's implied that he's suspicious that mm. this is what's going on, and then it becomes clear that that is what they're doing. Yes. Um, so little one is kind of a is mostly Gertrude. She's got some elements of Ophelia in her. Um, I I still stand by my comment when we watched this the first time, and mm. we'll, we'll come on to that at the end about the. I think there's an Ophelia reference to her right at the end. Oh. Oh yes, because of the. Yeah, the, the, yeah, we'll come. But we'll back. come on to that. We'll come, we'll come on. To Remind me about that. Um, I might forget. I'll go off on talking about. There's Nessie also again. a kind of <laughs> Nessie. I love that we started with Nessie. <laughs> well, you know, um, that was one of my um, keen observations about the hidden dragon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a, another character who is maybe more solidly inspired by Ophelia. She's more obviously an Ophelia yes. parallel. Yeah. And that's Ching. Yes. Ching is more obviously Ophelia because her dad, um, Minister Yi, is, or Minister Yin, is uh, yeah. kind of the Polonius character. And yeah. her brother, General Yin, um, or, or Yin Sun, Yin Sun is the... Laertes. is definitely the Laertes. Yeah. He's, he's very strong. I think he has like one or two kind of Horatio elements when he becomes right. this sort of uneasy ally to Hamlet at the end, um, which again, we'll get to, but he's he's obviously the Laertes. So the three of them as the kind of family unit, she's very clearly Ophelia. She's also betrothed to Wuluan. And it's clear 
pretty much from the start that she is desperately in love with him and he wants nothing to do with her. He's just not that interested. Until he does. Until we'll he does. We'll get to that, that lovely scene. Yeah. Uh, even in an adaptation in another language that changes a gazillion other things, somehow we still have to have some sexual violence for Ophelia. But isn't there, like, I mean, go back to my knowledge of, of the original play, isn't there a scene where Hamlet is really horrible to Ophelia? There is, yeah. We so talked is it, quite is a lot it, about it. Do you think it? it's specifically in relation to that scene? I or? think it probably is. And I think what it's, what it's supposed to do in the film, which is one of the things that scenes of gendered and sexual violence very often do, and it's very lazy and stupid and I hate it, and I think Fung's smarter than this, actually. It, it really irritates me because the rest of the film is so meticulously put together, is that it's supposed to develop his character, right? It's supposed to be mm. the moment where we really see how deep his passion for um, Empress One goes and how fucked up he is by her being married to his dad and then his uncle. It's supposed to develop him as a character because it doesn't do anything for Ching, right? It doesn't. It doesn't kind of affect her no, characterization I, it kind at all. Of didn't quite. I mean, I didn't quite like in a way get it because she's. Is she like completely in love with him before? Because I know she's yeah. after this scene. She's like, then like, I'll do anything. I'm going to go and I'm going to be exiled with him, etc. Yeah. Well, because what the fuck else is she supposed to do? Like they're betrothed. They've now had sex. Like that's that's as good as married. Mm-hmm. So if he abandons her, she's really screwed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's kind of a dirtbag. I think this is the other thing. Like he's he's very pretty. He's very nice to look at. Is Daniel? Wu, I will say but the character is a dirtbag. He is like, uh, you know, obviously it depends on on the adaptation to adaptation, right? But my general sense from from Hamlet is that you know this this sort of version of Hamlet is a lot more like a- active in a way. He's much mm. more. Um, full on like he's he's like yeah. got all this these sword skills and and that kind of thing. He's much more like I'm ready to like go in and fight for this. Yeah, and I mean, like Hamlet, apart from in the first scene where he's hiding underwater. Well, yes, but he is the but, crown prince, so we have to we have to allow that. You know, him being assassinated is high stakes for true local geopolitics. Um, he. It, like, interestingly, Hamlet in the Shakespeare play is known as a very skilled swordsman. Okay. So that's okay. one of the reasons that he has that duel at the end, is that right, the way okay. the way that they entice him into that duel is basically by saying, oh, people are saying Laertes is better with a sword than you. Okay, okay. And so that's... I think there's just more reference. He's, he's fighting multiple Yeah, he shows it off more, definitely. In, in this film, you know. Yes. To, you know, because I guess there's multiple scenes i mean yeah. the bit where he loses right and then like and she's then like why did you mm-hmm. lose yeah you know so he um he's back at the palace and he has this again like quite quite intimate scene with little one where he sort of sneaks up on her when she's just out of the bath and she's in her sort of dressing she's gown she's been showing her butt off. she's just been showing her butt off and she's in her dressing gown it's and a giant bath Sorry. yeah just like jumping out <laughs> You've never seen a bigger bath in your life. It's like a swimming pool. It's it's it's, it's quite impressive. Yeah, with like flower Full petals. Of petals. Yeah, this know, is what we're talking about. The field was just <laughs> decimated for this one bath. This is what we're talking about with like maximalist aesthetic. Yeah, like, that's what is... I mean. Everything everything's really beautifully lit as well. Yes, sort of thing. ornate decorations and candle yeah. candlelight and everything like that. It's a very opulent setting, and I guess you know you're setting it in 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 this sort of setting. You've you've got a kind of 
do that, mm-hmm. but it, it feels very much yeah, very hard on that on that kind of um, opulence. Or yes, aesthetic. yeah, this kind of real yeah maximalist. I would it's yeah. what I would call it aesthetic. Um, so she's had her giant bath. She has dried off. She's in her dressing gown, and Wuluan kind of sneaks up on her. Um, and he's wearing his theater mask. Oh, his mask. He he's loves wearing, his mask, he loves by this, the way. He loves this fucking mask. He's in his theater mask and he's carrying a sword case. And he's still wearing his kind of um, dirty uh, rehearsal clothes that he hid underwater in. And <laughs> the rehearsal clothes at drama school. It makes me think yeah. of a very different outfit from what he actually is wearing. But that is what he's wearing, right? It's the it's like it's a the, t-shirt, like in, in sort of you know tracksuit trousers. No, this is uh, it's a little bit more elaborate than that. Given the year is like nine seventy or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and he he's wearing white, which in Chinese culture is a mourning color. So yeah, he, in the same way that Hamlet in the Shakespeare play insists on wearing black all the time. I don't think we see Wuluan in another color, I think once ever, but he's, he's pretty much always wearing white. Yeah. Mm. And he, they have this conversation, but he addresses her. She, she sees him come in and gets really excited and rushes over to him. And then he addresses her as Empress mother. Yeah. And that pulls her up short, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, And they have this kind of weird, awkward conversation where, he um, he basically says, "Oh, am I here for my dad's funeral or for your coronation? What's the what's yeah. the deal?" Yeah. Um, and she uh, it, she has quite an interesting line where she says, "Like, how dare you say such a thing to a helpless woman?" Now, knowing this character as we do, I I don't think she is helpless particularly, but it's an interesting perspective yeah. to think about. Like, okay, as as a woman in this period what are you supposed to do? Right. Yeah. And I think, I think the stakes of that come really clear in the scene with governor pay where he calls her the empress dowager, which we'll get, which we'll to. get to, we'll get to, we'll, we'll yeah, get we've to. got to speed through this. Yeah. We've got to speed through we'll this. Speed through. We've got to have time to actually we've got to have time it. to unpack it all. So, uh, they have the scene where they have this awkward talk and she sort of implicitly challenges him to fight. And they have this beautifully choreographed little sparring match with yeah. very romantic music <laughs> playing over the top of it. That's where we think the, you know, more than friends. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we get to see kind of both of them have these sword skills. Yeah. And it was Wuluan's father who trained them both. That's yeah. what she sort of reveals at the end. Um, and it's very, again, like, I like to teach that scene because it's one of it's it's so rich in symbolism a lot of their movements a lot are, of the film is a lot of the symbolism. film is very rich in symbolism yeah. but the that particular bit where they're sort of sparring each other um so many of their movements are parallel to each other so there it looks like yeah. a sort of pas de deux like a kind of classical duet dance it's like a, yeah i was gonna say it's, it's like it's a dance rather than like a, than a fight, fight. Yeah. yeah um and that's again communicating something to us about the two of them yeah it's very lovely. I also think that a lot of times in this film, the fight choreography stands in for what the soliloquy does in the yeah. Shakespeare play. Yeah. Um, because it's that's the thing that's kind of carrying the emotion. Like the way an yeah. aria in opera is, is where the emotion happens rather than the plot. These fights mostly are kind of about emotional storytelling yeah. rather than narrative storytelling most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and again, there's a little bit of ambiguity in that scene with like the emperor kind of lurking in the stairwell. And it's like, can he hear them? Can he not? Presumably it's, not. Yeah, it's not clear. Because I think he would have come up, rushed up and killed him probably mm. if he did. Mm-hmm. But it's a bit unclear. It's a bit unclear. Yeah. Um, and deliberately so, I think. Unless he doesn't want to be that overt about it, which... Maybe. And that's maybe when he plans to do the the sword demonstration thing. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Mm. Um, we also see a little scene where the... Uh, I think it's I think it's uh, Minister Yin actually meets the soldiers coming back from the drama school who were supposed to kill Wuluan and didn't. And he... Um, is he sure it's Yin? Are you sure I'm it's not, not sure someone it's else? Yin. It might be the chairman. It, it might, might be the chamberlain. It might be, yeah. No, or some, it's someone. It I might feel be like some, it isn't him, but it's someone. Anyway, yeah, anyway. yeah, one of these ministers um, meets these guys on a bridge coming into the palace. And he, yeah. he's basically like, you didn't kill the prince. And they're like, nope, we didn't. And he's like, what do you think we should do about that? And they're like, we're going to die, aren't we? Yeah. And, and they do. They all kill themselves. And the blood bridge. like drips through the slats yeah. of the wooden bridge. Yeah. It's very graphic. Mm. Um, so we see, I think, quite quickly that violence and power are very much interlinked in this yeah. world. Yeah. And then we get the scene that I was just talking about where um, we have this big kind of some kind of formal ceremony is happening and this big carving has been done for the emperor. Is this the snow leopard? The snow leopard. And he has, he talks about the snow leopard being like able to change with the weather and how that's a really good lesson yeah. for an emperor. Yeah. And this guy, Governor Pei pipes up <laughs> yeah. and he uh, essentially criticizes Minister Yin, specifically our Polonius character. Right. For, um, as he sees it being kind of a flip-flopper. Like right. he was loyal to the past, the previous emperor, and now he's just changed his loyalty to the new emperor. And Oh yeah, because there's a talk about like, oh, maybe you should have a tiger. And, yeah. And then... Um, Pei, Governor Pei. Uh, what's her name? The little Wan. Yes, the Empress. Little Wan. Little Wan. Comes in and is like, what about dragon? Yeah. Um, and then they're like, okay, well, you can have the snow leopard then. And that's supposed to be that, oh, you're the one who changes with... Yes, to, you know, to Minister Yin. So he, he takes the snow leopard. But then there's this whole thing with Governor Pei where when the Empress arrives, he kneels to her as the Empress Dowager. Yeah, he calls out that name. Yeah, he says, like, your servant kneels Empress Dowager. And this is a problem. I'm gonna, big problem. Big problem. Because as the Emperor goes on to explain to us, what that implies is that Wuluan should be the emperor. So by saying yeah. that she's the Empress Dowager, the Empress Dowager is the title that you get when your son inherits. Yeah. Not when there's just, when not when you're just sort of like yeah. the emperor's widow. Yeah. Um and this is where he kind of he challenges her basically. Mm. He says, yeah. "Are you the he challenges her loyalty sort of very publicly. He says, "Are you the Empress Dowager or are you the Empress?" Um, which is very uh, aggressive, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she obviously kneels to him and says, yeah. you know, I am the Empress. I'm the Empress. Yeah. Um, and then they execute Governor Pei yeah. and his whole family. Yeah. And give his governorship to um, Yin Sun, which is Laertes. Yeah. So the, like, 
remember we talked about with Hamlet on the Hamlet episode how like the Fortinbras stuff is important but not important. There's a lot of this stuff going on here too, where like yeah. the, the sort of politics are important for what they communicate sort of symbolically, but they're not necessarily narratively as significant. Yeah, there's a lot of symbolism in it. And a, a lot, lot of, of it, symbolism. I think it's it's sort of easy to overread into it or to read into it the wrong way. Mm. Um, but there is a lot of that doing some of the sort of contextual work. Yes. So the the reason to kill Governor Pei really is about um, Emperor Lee sort of consolidating his power and I think quite publicly wanting to put the Empress in her place as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because he sees her and Wuluan as threats yeah. from the beginning, basically. I think he's kind of got his eye on, on, he certainly sees Wuluan as the threat. Yeah. And her, he's maybe like, I think maybe not um, as consciously, mm. but he still wants her to be deferential to him. Yes. In fr- certainly publicly and certainly, you know. Definitely. Um. Yes. So Governor Pei gets uh, murdered in, like, beaten up in yeah, this kind of public this, execution. This quite extravagant be- beating scene. Yes. And uh, little Wan Empress mm, yes. is sort of like not really on board with it, but can't really go back on it. Mm. But A, it's too late, but also because, you know, doing so is then to question, you mm. know, the Emperor. Uh, yes. The Emperor, so... Yeah, it's not great. Um, and we learn that her coronation is, is coming up, like, soon. Yeah. One of the other things that is sort of worth sitting with in this film, and I think this is where... I, we don't usually really misogynometer films, but if we were, I'm going to do that. Um, there's there's really only two women who are significant in the whole film still. So we've got... Got the maid. The, well, yeah, the maid. Okay, there's some maids. <laughs> we'll there's some dancers. The, we'll the maid. There's maids and there's dancers. But they're like, in terms of two, you know, the, the women who are like significant. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's... It's Ching and it's Little One. Little one. And there is no solidarity between them, <laughs> really. Like, Little One is pretty horrible, to Ching the whole way through. Well, she um, sees her as a threat. She sees she? her as a threat because she's still in love with Wulan. So she, um, Ching is, remember, betrothed to the prince and has some lovely red fabric that has been purchased for her wedding dress. And we see a lot of this fabric. Just We see a lot of this fabric. It's yeah. very, again, like symbolic. Um, and the empress just takes it and is like, well, I'm going to have this for my coronation dress now. Yeah, and yeah. she makes Ching embroider it for her, which is it's pretty harsh. Pretty harsh. Um, so yeah, that's all, that's all kind of happening in the background. But this is where we get the scene where Wuluan shows off his fighting skills, having hidden underwater in the first fight. This is the sword play. This is the sword play. So where they're, he, they, they're not trying to kill him. They just yeah. want to demonstrate Yes. There so happens to be a poison blade involved. Is uh, No, just a sharp blade. Oh, it's so just the, a sharp blade. Yeah, so this one's not poisoned. It's But we see, um, because it's only meant to be a demonstration, it's supposed to be sort of like an entertainment for the coronation. Yeah. He, um, but clearly the guards have been instructed to actually attempt yeah. to kill him. And there's a, a kind of close-up moment where one of the guards switches out his practice sword for a real one. Yeah. And... Um, 
does actually injure Wuluan. And actually, he probably would have been killed, except that the Empress steps in and yeah, stops it. Yeah, she steps it. in. Um, and actually, the Emperor executes the soldier that hurt him, that hurt the prince in yeah. front of everybody, trying to kind of cover his tracks. Yeah. It's very like the traitors, if you're watching the traitors. Yeah. <laughs> it does have that vibe. It has that kind of energy. Yeah. Um, so that, but clearly the setup is, you know, the prince is going to be accidentally killed in the midst of this demonstration yeah. fight and won't it be a in terrible a, tragedy. In a similar way that we haven't actually mentioned about, about how his father was accidentally killed by a scorpion. Yes. We'll, we'll get on to. We'll get on to that. Um, there's lots of twists and turns in this film. I think coming, again, like coming back to it. Um, it's a lot more twisty than I remembered. Yeah. I, you remember kind of the big scenes and then yeah. you watch it again you're like oh all the little stuff is is also important yeah um and significant so there's you know that there's all sorts going on um in and out there's a uh yeah anyway it, it comes to pass that wuluan finds out through a mysterious bit of fabric with a painting on it that falls into his bath Oh yeah, where does that come we from? We don't know where that comes from. Um so the the implication is it could be the ghost, right? Like it could be the there's ghost. There's a lot I think there's a lot of things that could be the ghost, because the yeah. ghost isn't really in it very explicitly. No, but he's it's kind of like But I think well they, they make that comment so who says it about it? I think it's it's the even it's the emperor, right? Yes. Who even says about when he before you know, can I jump ahead to yeah, that yeah. scene where he actually does effectively kill himself. Um this is right at the end. Um he says that about you know, is the spirit of, you know, constantly protecting, say, protecting you, yeah. you in your life. Um, yeah. yeah. Could be. Um, so he finds out how his father was actually killed, which is by poison being blown into his ear. And he goes to this like apothecary guy in a bizarre costume. That, <laughs> that guy's really random. Yeah. That, that guy's He turns random. up again. Well, he, you know, um, the Empress goes. The Empress goes to see him later as well, um, but Wuluan is like, I, I guess he's trying to fly under the radar, but it looks like he's just sort of pulled a duvet over his head and is, <laughs> is walking through the marketplace trying to find this oh, yeah. guy. But he um, he finds out anyway what poison it was and how it's administered, and when it comes to the coronation, um, he basically refuses to do the swordplay demonstration and does the the hamlet style play within a play instead yeah and the emperor credit to him unlike claudius keeps his cool um but basically says okay i think it's time for the young prince to take on some more responsibilities yeah i'm going to make him the ambassador to this other country to the north of us Gitan or whatever it yeah. is yeah i don't even um, it. sorry again. no i only only uh, read any, it on the subtitles Chinese, i'm sorry so he gets sent, uh, and the Imperial Guards, of course, are going to escort him. Um, and in the meantime, oh yes, the reason it's significant, we mentioned this already, that um, that Yin Sun, the son, the Laertes character, is going yeah. to take on the governorship that Governor Pei previously had, yeah. is that he's he's been sent to the Yu province, so that's in the north as well. Yeah. This will become important. Ching comes in in the middle of the coronation and says that she would like to go with Wuluan because they're engaged and they should be together. And the Empress uh, is so upset about this that she sends her away and says that she's going to be whipped for being so insolent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So again, <laughs> no solidarity here. No, no. Not a shred. Um, so Wulong goes, Ching gets whipped. It's a whole thing. The coronation presumably continues without further incident. Um, and as Wulong is kind of uh, going through the countryside, heading to this other province, he sees a another convoy, basically, with someone dressed just like him crossing their path and he says who's that and they say oh that's you um he's like oh so you're gonna kill me then and they're like yes we're gonna kill you and he's like do you think you can and just at that moment the snow yep. leopard himself yeah yin sun and his he's men just been hiding in the snow have apparently just been crawling along in the snow yep. <laughs> alongside this convoy the whole time and leap out of the snow and take out all the imperial guards um and it and yin sun reveals to uh, Wuluan that the reason he's done this is because the empress ordered him to and Wuluan says do you take her orders and he says well she has my sister's life in her hands yeah so because of how she's mistreating Ching she can kind of manipulate the Polonius and the Laertes characters yeah well and also because apparently because Ching makes that comment about I want to go you know, I want to go to the, uh, I want to be exiled as well. Mm. And that's seen as very disrespectful, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ching. I feel bad for her. She's, she's the one actually who really is the, the tragedy of this film, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She's sort of too pure for everyone else. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think of anyone else. I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, I would say maybe, um, minister yin but then i guess if he's flipping flopping between sides yeah he's just he's more political i think more savvy yeah well his i mean their family gets a lot of crap they do yeah as a family, <laughs> as a family the yins are having a hard time They're having a hard time um yeah so wulon is not dead but laertes reports back to the palace that but he is yeah. and he brings his mask his sort of with some blood on it um to give to the emperor and as as part of all that kind of backing and forthing, the Empress shares with him that she's planning to assassinate the Emperor. And Minister Yin's quite amused by this. He's like, look, she's she's positioned it so perfectly that we've got no choice but to be on her side um, because of all the other moves that she's made. So for some reason, the Emperor decides to have a party. It's not clear why he's having this party. I don't know what the party is for. Is this the banquet? The banquet. The the, the titular banquet. Um, it, It's to do with, I think it's to do with, I think consolidating power in some way. Yeah. I think because off. they remember, remember the, the iconic bit where the, yes. the chamber, is it Chamberlain? The Chamberlain. Says, oh, if we do it on if we do it two Tuesday nights from now, whatever, yeah. it's a very auspicious day. And he's like, no, I need it. I need it tomorrow. Tomorrow. And he's like, oh, but that's not an auspicious day. And he's like, no, I, I don't, was it? I don't bow to superstition. Yes. You will Lesson in the learned. end. You will in the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if this film taught me anything, it's that bow to superstition. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we do. We actually quote that line all the time in this house. Cause the, the first time we both saw this film was a few years ago. Yeah. And we do often just say, mm, it's an inauspicious day for a feast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta trust your Chamberlain. Um, so they have this big feast and there's the assassination plot going on in the background. Um, yeah, multiple assassinations in a way. Multiple assassinations Well, Hamlet, in a way. you know, we, we're getting to the Hamlet-y. 
Yeah, this is it's very it is very like the last scene of Hamlet, except that Gertrude has a little bit more agency. So she's the one who poisons the chalice and makes this big toast and offers it to the emperor just as he's about to drink it. Ching arrives. Yep. And she is exiled. She is exiled, but she's she's exiled somewhere else. Differently. I think maybe uh, to the south. Yes. She's exiled to the south, but she's there. And she says that she and the palace dancers have a dance to offer for the entertainment of the guests um, in honor of Prince Wuluan. And the emperor says, oh, what a touching tribute, and lets them do it. Um, But first he says, why don't you share in this toast to the departed prince? Yeah. Again, some ambiguity. banquets for, maybe? Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, so some ambiguity again here. Does the emperor know that the cup is poisoned? I think he does a hundred percent. I think he might. I, does Ching know it's poisoned? That's my other question. I don't know if she does or not. I don't think she does. Cause she's a little. I think he does. I think he's sort of like, oh, Mm. you're, you're, you know, disobeying the rules and everything like that. And he seems to be that sort of type. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't want anyone questioning my authority. Or even the authority of the Empress. Well, and you also suddenly because, come back here with this with this dance and you're not supposed to be here. Also because she says something like, even if the whole world abandons him, I will not. So she's it's kind of like lightly treasonous as a statement, because he had a claim to the throne as well. Yeah. Even though he's dead. So anyway, it's a whole thing. But she drinks from the poison chalice. Uh does the dance. Does the dance. She's right, it's, it's that rule. Yeah. And I'll see this later because other people die yes um she's like fine to do the dance but other people just go yeah straight away but she can withhold it for a dance we gotta hold it on for the dance the other thing that i love about this scene is how the the yin men are not subtle at all about (laughs) knowing that that cup is poisoned they're very um they're pulling faces they're making noises she still drinks it she She still still drinks drinks it it. she still drinks it and uh does the dance and it turns out that wuluan himself is among the dancers in yeah. disguise. So he holds her in his in arms white. as he dies in white, as usual. Um, and then uh, Yin Sun leaps up onto the stage and takes her in his arms. This whole thing. Uh, the emperor is like freaking out. He's like, oh, treachery, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, because he clocked that, that he was supposed to drink it. And yes. that the empress is behind this because she's the one that gave him the cup. Yeah, exactly. And so she's he, had that whole thing with having the poison in a nail, in her fingernail. Yep. The arsenic this time is different different poison. No, it's it? not arsenic. It's the is it's it the same poison that killed uh, the first okay. emperor. She gives arsenic to the apothecary guy. Oh right, okay. Because he's supposed to take it so that it can't get traced back to her. Oh right. See, okay. see what I mean? Very twisty turny. It's very twisty. It's a lot of twists and turns. Um so yeah. Uh, and oh yeah, the thing is technically part of this poison is from a black scorpion. So yes. when they say that oh he died by a black scorpion, it's it's technically true. Technically not but a lie. The scorpion was, you know, was put in his drink or yeah. whatever or blown into his ear. Blown into it his wasn't ear. it wasn't that a scorpion just landed in his bed and stung no. him. Although what a horrible way to die anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um so yes, the so Ching is dead, the emperor is accusing the empress of having tried to kill him and in all the confusion of that Wuluan gets a sword and is sort of approaching the emperor in order to murder him oh yeah um, and, and the chamberlain is like guards yes <laughs> um 
Chamberlain loves the emperor, doesn't he? He's so into the emperor. Well, I think that's just his role. Like he's, you know, because he switches very quickly at the end to the new empress. That's true. Anyway, there, um, Wuluan in the end doesn't kill the emperor. He instead, the emperor instead gets a very long speech where he talks about, I think he's everyone, like all of the guards kind of get around like, you know, Chamberlain's call out. Mm. And I mean, they just appear from the ceiling anyway. Yeah. It's that kind of film where, yeah, they can just (laughs) just jump out of the snow. They jump out of the trees. Yeah. They jump out from the ceiling. Um, but he gets covered Mm. by all these guards. So I think, um, Mulian's like, I, can't quite get there anyway so that he yeah. makes that call about are you gonna fight me like it's something along the lines of are you yeah. gonna are you gonna fight me yourself fight me yourself and and then that's when you get the speech isn't it yeah so the the emperor gives this big speech um and he sort of does and sort of does not confess to killing his brother um it's kind of again left a little bit obviously he did it but he's you know not really saying it and he says this thing that you mentioned earlier, James, about um, maybe the maybe the ghost of my brother has been protecting. Yeah, because I mean, they've Luluan tried to kill along. this guy a few times, several times, yeah. and he keeps coming back. Um, and I think that kind of is sort of getting to him at this point. And I think mm-hmm. that I mean the turning point I think is with the Empress because he does. I think he sort of he's maybe he suspects it, mm. um, and maybe that's why he gives it to Ching to be like, oh, maybe the let's test it because bear in mind right before that she does whisper to him i'm gonna kill you tonight yes although i wonder and i i don't know if we have any mandarin speakers who listen to the podcast i i have wondered for a while if maybe in its original language that line is a little bit more ambiguous it might be more ambiguous because yeah. the the english translation that they use on the subtitles I mean, of the is dvd true. is very this, blatant yeah we're doing this all through subtitles yeah. so we can't 100% comment on on you yeah know, what the and we know like were. um you know i know of other cases where like the subtitle translation is not doesn't give you kind of the full context or nuance I for think... what's going on and it it makes me think of like um the because just before the titular banquet there's a scene where um little one is sort of saying like oh we've been i've been your empress for 100 days but like we haven't actually had sex yet and um, she's sort of promising that they will. So I wonder if that line can kind of be read two ways as either like, literally I will murder you or like, I'm going to give you a great orgasm tonight. Little death. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking of. Le yes. Petit mort, isn't yes it? The yeah. French, the French euphemism. Yeah. So it could be something like that. I don't know. I don't know enough about Mandarin. I think to... it's, I think it, whatever, it, you know, I think it's enough to, it sort of is ringing alarm bells for him. Mm-hmm. And that's why he then gives um ching the cup yes um but i still think he is still kind of shocked because you know they've been having this sort of what starts as more like it's not really an affair technically but it's yeah sort of, but it's, it's sort quite of, sort of like that and I you think said he that they're feels, like enjoying how illicit it is they're enjoying illicit and i think he feels like she's completely in love with him and mm. will you know will do whatever he he says and and, and is devoted to him and i think that it sort of breaks him as well as the fact that William keeps appearing, I think. And that's mm. when I think he's sort of like, where do I go from here? Yeah. And so then he drinks the, the rest of the poison chalice himself. Yeah. Um, and as James points out, like dies pretty much immediately and very elegantly yeah. on the Empress's lap. Yeah. Um, and the Empress, 
quite quickly realizes how precarious her position is. I think she's very smart. This is I say this for yeah. for a little one. She's very very clever, and she immediately kind of goes and kneels to Wuluan and, yeah. and names him as the emperor, and essentially offers him a sword with which to kill her. Yeah, um, because technically she's just murdered the previous emperor. Yeah, and he's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And they're they're trying to kind of have this moment. Yeah. Um, but Yin Sun is grieving and angry and uh, thinks, well, this woman just murdered my sister. Well, I guess, yeah. Well, technically the emperor did. But I think he knows that this this woman is causing all this chaos. But also he was in on the assassination plot, so he knows that it's her that poisoned the yeah, drink in the first place. Yeah, it's her fault that this even... Yeah, was a you know was even a possibility, and he's been very manipulated by her, and like yeah, well, you yeah, know, they've got beef, they've got long-standing they've got beef. beef, and uh, so he kind of flies in the air with his sword out and lops the sword. Yeah, well, no, he's holding on to it still. He's he's like frozen okay. in midair at the point where yeah. um, basically he's coming for the the back of her skull. Yeah, and Wuluan sees it coming and reaches out and grabs the blade. Yeah, but the blade is poisoned. Yeah, so he's stopped the empress from being killed yeah but the blade is is poisoned yeah and then how does how does yin sun die I can't someone remember. kills him someone kills immediately. him like well yeah because he's just tried to he's killed the emperor now so he gets killed immediately so he gets killed immediately by. and then um the chamberlain sort of breaks the tension by yeah. shouting uh, essentially long live the emperor which is at this point is now little one yeah. So she's become the new emperor. She's yeah. she's the last standing member she's of the, the royal family. Yeah. She's she's the emperor now. Yeah. And then we kind of get to the the real climax of the film. The real well, we see uh Minister Yin yeah. on his sleigh with his giant snow leopard yeah. statue whatever he gets it is banished, banished to, to the, the north. north again. Um and then we get to the final scene um which is the um, the new emperor, Empress. Emperor. Yeah. Yeah, because she makes a point of that, right? She yeah. says she's got this this speech at the end where she talks about, because as he's dying, Wu Luan uses her name, Little One, which is what he called her when they were children. Yeah. And she then has this whole speech where she's like, I literally forgot that that was my name because everyone has just called me Empress yeah. since I married his father. Um, and she said, but they won't call me Empress anymore now. They'll call me Emperor. Yeah. And then <laughs> she gets murdered. Yeah, it starts snowing. Yeah, it starts snowing. Um, she's got um, her red fabric again. She's got the red fabric. I can't remember what she's doing, but then, yeah, a blade out of, just out of nowhere yeah. comes and just... Um, Flies through the air and stabs her through the chest. Yeah. From, well, stabs her through the back, really, and then protrudes out the other side. Yeah. What's then that lands in the in that? In That's the, the blade. Basin. So the, the blade. So we don't see who threw that blade. No. Um, someone at some point pulls it out of her and we don't yep. see who that is either. And then the blade drops into like her koi pond and we don't see who did that. With all the, um, sort of greenery. Yes. Which, which is the first we... time I saw it was like, oh, that's sort of, it's a bit like the, um, the pre-Raphaelite Ophelia. The John Everett Millet. Yeah. Yeah. With the, all the lilies, is it lilies or whatever it is? Yeah. There's loads of flowers. It's yeah. a little bit, it, it felt like the, the sort of palette and the style of that felt like maybe it was a reference to that. Might not be. Yeah. Might it be is, it is it, vaguely but. reminiscent of that. And there's not, um, 
there's not a whole lot of green in the film. Like the colors are mostly apart reds from and the bamboo. And... Apart from the bit um, with the drama school, yeah. Um, and there's so the, I mean, there's the song where the references the trees and yes. And so there's obviously there's obviously some sort of symbolism with with the trees. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's, yeah, it's not very much green in the film apart from yeah, the koi pond, the tree, and the and the, and the, yeah. the pond at the end. So yeah, it's it's left open ended. It's left, yeah. Um, Murder mystery. Yeah, we did Google it because we did Google. We wanted to know like <laughs> what is the consensus. Is there a here? fan theory? So what's, is what's, there... what's super in- interesting is that um, no one has ever like publicly, in terms of like the film, mm. revealed. Oh, actually, it was oh, it was John all along, or whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, there was a comment from Daniel Wu saying, oh, he knows who it is, but he, he won't tell. He won't say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's not really, it's not been shared, but obviously people have their theories. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the several theories. Yeah. So, so the, one of them, do you want me to go? Yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, one of them is that it's the ghost. So it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the old emperor, I'll just call him because I can't remember what he's actually called. Um I don't think he ever gets a name. He's he doesn't just, have a name. Just the previous emperor. Yeah. So it's, it's him, mm-hmm. the ghost doing it. Another one is it's um, one of the maids who is in, who is seen in the film like more than any of the other maids. Yeah. I think she never speaks or she only has yeah. like maybe one or two lines, but she's in a lot of scenes. And the um, one analysis I read, and I hadn't clocked this until I read it, was saying like, oh, she, there's kind of an implication that she and Yin Sun might be together because they're sort right, of sitting okay. with each other at the banquet. Um, so, so maybe. She's, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Could be her. Um, and then the other one is Minister Yin. Yeah. Um, which I didn't quite get because we just had the shot before of him being exiled mm, north with his giant, with his giant snail leopard. and he looks quite defeated in that shot and he does look he? quite very, defeated he looks in old that shot. he looks you know very although he would have a motive yeah and there's there's and you know some people say well it, he didn't personally do it but he like paid an assassin or yeah, something to, yeah. to do it um the chamberlain comes up as well the kind of it, yeah i minister mean minister yeah. character but he, so it's it's left, it's left open-ended like as you say yeah. about there's a lot of kind of ambiguity there's a lot of ambiguity in the film Yes. Um, I think it's probably more representative of just saying like, you know, there's there's, going to be a consequence to every action. This is where ambition gets you. It's a little bit Macbeth-y actually as as an ending. It's actually, I mean, you could say that um, Little Wan is a little bit Lady Macbeth. She is a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of if you're going with that whole ambition Mm. power plot, sort of breeding yeah it, it, it certainly she has that kind of like you know because she wants to be the emperor right mm-hmm. i think that's kind of her grand scheme even if she's not doing thinking of that from the get-go she's kind of getting to that point isn't she of, yes. of going okay well actually this is in with, within reach now i've just got to off this guy yeah and i'll be the, and i'll be the emperor yeah yeah and i think she um i mean on the one hand i sort of think like how sad is it that we only have one female character who's like toxic ambition woman <laughs> and that's and that's lady macbeth and that's kind of our our archetype for that well i mean um, when we're talking about shakespeare, shakespeare yeah that's true within shakespeare realm definitely um but i think you know in some ways weirdly i think she's more like macbeth than like lady macbeth because i mean that makes sense yeah. her um her ambition sort of grows slowly over time right she's sort yeah. of she's ambitious out of 
and she a set feel, of circumstances. Yeah, rather I think than, like, like Macbeth as well, she feels remorse at, at, at her actions. Yeah. You know, she feels guilty when um, Pei is, is beaten mm-hmm. to death. She feels guilty when, um, even when the em- when the emperor is is killed. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when he takes his his life or whatever, mm-hmm. um, she's like crying, isn't she? I mean, she feels. I think she feels bad for these. You know, she she is sort of humanized in that sense, mm-hmm. but she is kind of always thinking of the next move, isn't she? You know, which is sort yeah, of she's very... it's a similar way that like Macbeth operates, yes. isn't it? And she's. Um you know she does a lot of physical fighting which yeah obviously lady macbeth does not do um so there's yeah i think there's some parallels definitely um and that kind of that ending of like ambition doesn't pay energy is yeah. is very the end of macbeth and the trees and the trees the yes tree the tree symbolism mm. very good very good um so yeah that's the end of the film so, it yeah, ends I mean, on this yeah. really ambiguous note yeah yeah. What did you think? I mean, you, you taught, you've, you've taught this, you, you know, it's, it's kind of almost your bread and butter at this point to yeah. agree. Um, I, I, I am of the opinion, I think it's better than 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's shocking to me. 42%. I, I, like- I think it's, um, it's, it's very beautiful. It's very, I think it's meticulously put together for the most yeah, part. Oh, like definitely, the, yeah. the plotting and the characterization and I think the, like, like the cinematography and everything is, is excellent. Is, you know, yeah. Very the good. lighting works really good. The set design, the costume designs, choreography, you yeah, say choreography. choreography. Yeah. And the acting is really good. So it's not yeah. just kind it's of, it's not just, it's uh, not just pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that there's, there's little touches that I really like where it kind of departs from the Shakespeare source in interesting ways. So there's the scene when, um, when Wuluan's kind of being exiled and Yin Sun intervenes and saves his life and they're kind of stopping to make camp with Yin Sun's men. And he really calls Wuluan out on his shit, like, which, which never happens in Hamlet. No, literally no one in Hamlet is like, get your shit together, dude, other than the ghost, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is where I think he becomes a little bit Horatio-ish. He's, right. But he's sort of like... He says to him, like, my sister's life is in danger. So if you have to hide out in the woods for a couple of years, because Wuluan is like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to live as a hermit. I don't want to not go back to the palace just because I'm afraid. And uh, Yin Sun is like, no, you don't understand. Like, there are actual lives at stake. Like, the ability of my sister to to live her life hinges on you not coming back. Um, so you have to like, stop being selfish basically. Um, what did he say? He said, uh, cause you want to play out your revenge tragedy, which I think is a great line. Yeah. Um, he says, you know, we can't, I'm, I'm not willing to, to have lives at stake so that you can play revenge, which yeah, is, uh, sorry, mate. That's the genre of this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know if you noticed what kind of film you're in, (laughs) but, but I think it's a great line. I think it's a great moment to just be like, call, to call him out and his shit. And I think particularly, um, against the really unnecessary rape scene. Um, it's a, it's an interesting, yeah, yeah, but it's strongly implied. Um, it's an interesting moment to have that kind of as a counterbalance of like, yeah, he is stupid and selfish and selfish, 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 selfish. He's shelfless. He's a shelfish. <laughs> he doesn't have any shelves. 
that's, just, that's what his real quest for power is. I was just thinking he's a big clam. He's a big clam. Yeah. <laughs> Without any shelves. <laughs> Without any shelves. <laughs> Where's he going to put his pearls? How's he going to handle that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes, I think uh, he is quite selfish. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of a dickhead. And very... Well, he has got that, like, whole apparatus for having his hair. Or is it her, or is it, or is it the No, I think it's his. Yeah, he's got like the a like a bath specifically for his hair. Yeah. Which is luxurious by the way. It's gorgeous. He has beautiful <laughs> hair. I I I do think a little I did bit say, like do you want one <laughs> Yeah. We have to remove the bath. Yeah. The toilet. Everything else out we'll of We'll never bath. sell this house because we have this weird hair bath in it. <laughs> Oh, but my, I mean, my hair, my hair can't compete with, uh, I, it, I don't know if it was a wig or what, but it was, it was glorious. It was really like down to his bum and thick and lustrous, um, lovely hair. So well done. I, I do think, however, that like Daniel Wu in a period piece is tricky for me because he just has one of those faces that I feel like knows computers exist. Do you know what I mean? Like, like certain people just look like they're from this century and he's one of those people for me. I kind of get what you mean, but I also mm. kind of don't. Like Ben Affleck. Like, picture Ben Affleck well, in, in Renaissance I clothes. Mean, yeah. Well, no, you can't. He, he, mm. doesn't, he doesn't belong in that. He belongs in... Exactly. Brad Pitt. Picture Brad Pitt in, like, well, in Troy. Jane Austen clothes. Yeah, in Troy. Like, it makes no... It doesn't work. Um, but, I don't, yeah, I don't Jane think... Austen, you've got to have a certain look, you I do. guess. I think Daniel But Wu... some people look like they're from a certain era, don't they? Exactly, like some people yes. Some people like, oh, you look like you're from the 16th century, just because of their face. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> Not unfair, Daniel but... Wu, like, he's a very handsome man. I feel like he knows about space, <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like he's he's got a 20th century look to me. Um, maybe that's just me. Or like, you know, when you do a filter on, on Instagram about, and um, it's like 50%, he's like 50%. Like, he's not 100% okay. of this century, but like, there's there's elements of his face where I'm like, I think, I think you don't belong in a period piece, actually. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to comment. I'm not really mm. an expert on this, this sort of period of history. You know, I don't know really much I, about Chinese history, so I couldn't really comment. <laughs> Nor am I, <laughs> to be fair. listening to any Chinese... <laughs> maybe no one agrees with me. Maybe maybe I'm an outlier on this, but I just, I just have a feeling like he knows what mobile phones are. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I can't comment on that. Okay. I um, sort of get what you mean. I get what you mean in other contexts more. I think it's, it's, okay. I can't quite. You think Ben Affleck well, is, I is more there's definitely one strongly I saw, in that category. This is one I think that also came out same year, similar year. And I think it was one of these sort of um, epic mm. sort of um, historic um, you know, Chinese drama. Mm. And I think it had Jackie Chan in it. Mm. And I don't know if Jackie Chan necessarily fits that but then that's because you perceive him as being a sort of slightly goofy mm. you know kind of character from you know all of the like so many of these other film you know the actions action comedy type films that he's known yeah. and you then put him in a period piece or something a bit more serious and it's a bit like oh yeah it could be that i don't know it could be that yeah mm, i don't know maybe maybe listeners will tell us whether they agree or not yeah on this one um yeah, favorite moments, James. Favorite things. Oh, favorite moment. I um, when the so when the emperor is having his inauspicious banquet. Yeah. Um, and he's like, um, yeah, make sure everyone in the tens, otherwise they'll be executed. 
I just thought it was great. Can you imagine like having a party and like you're inviting your friends, um, but in the in the invite it's like, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> if you don't come, I'm going to kill you. Mm. I mean, make sure you get your number. You know, make sure everyone arrives. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. By the way, if you don't show up, I'll kill you. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. It is good. Um, because it comes right off the back of the that's not an auspicious day to welcome guests. It's pretty not auspicious to like threaten people to come to your party. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Maybe he's just feeling very like self-conscious on that day and he's just like, I just need everyone around me. I just need all my friends here to make <laughs> me feel good about myself. But also if some of them don't show up, that's gonna make me feel bad about myself. So how do I ensure that everyone arrives? I know. If you don't come, I will execute I mean, you. The, a lot of the threat of the, like the whole like the, you know theme of the film is like mm. if you don't do something the right way, you'll be killed. But also, I wonder like who's taking attendance? Like, do they just have a the list? Chamberlain. Oh yeah, sure. The Chamberlain. He, he, he probably loves that. That's probably the best part of his day it. is making yeah, the execution it. list. He loves it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a bit. Um, he's actually weirdly more Poloniusy than Minister Yin in some ways. Yeah. He's he's got that kind of obnoxious. He's a bit sort of. Energy, yeah, yeah. I don't. The Chamberlain is um, maybe my least favorite character. Actually, is he? Well, I don't know. It's not fair to him. He's just doing his job, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you know who my favorite character is? Yes, I do. I want to know. It is unknown drama school fighter. Yeah. Because he's like a badass. He's holding off all these all He genuinely these holds off a whole army. Until, until like two of them just appear out, yeah. of, the, out of the trees. And it's but not like old school bad ninja movies where they only attack one at a time. Like he's, he's, he's holding doing, off he's like doing a lot huge of hard numbers work. of them. And, and, and yeah. you're, you're thinking, ah, here we go. This is, this is the main guy. This is, this is, yeah. the, this is the big this H. This guy's going to be important. This is the big H right here. This is the big H. <laughs> and it's not. It's just some random guy. Yeah, he's and then just he like, just gets decapitated. He's just like a really good fighter. Because bear in mind that every other one of the people in the drama school is just like just gets killed yeah, immediately. immediately goes down but they just do not know it's how like to fight the tiktok whatsoever. trend about like the intruder in your house at 3 a.m and you're just dancing <laughs> it's it is genuinely that <laughs> they really Except don't know what to do unknown Except fighter unknown fighter i'm gonna call him horatio i'm gonna pretend that's horatio because he's like a badass he is a badass I, I, to be fair um what's his name's all right um yin sun, yin sun. yeah i i quite like his characterization actually i do i think he's um i think he's more he's more likable than yeah uh, Yes, and there's more to him than there is to Laertes in Hamlet. Yeah. I think, actually, of all, like, as a comparison to Hamlet, I think what this film does really well is that all of our kind of secondary cast of characters are pretty well fleshed out. Like, they're yeah. they're kind of really three-dimensional, full characters um, who have their own motivations and their own intrigues and their own shit going on. Yeah. Which doesn't really happen in Hamlet yeah. so much. Yeah. It's a bit unfair because I think in the 16th century, there wouldn't have been an expectation that that was the case. Like, No, I don't know if they had that level of technology of um, wires. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in terms of characterization, there's not, there's not the same, you know, because we live in a post-Stanislavski world. So there's an expectation for us that characters are kind of recognizably fully developed human beings yeah, and that yeah. that didn't exist really in the 16th century yeah. in the way that it does now yeah. Mm. yeah yes um yeah i think my my kind of main i really like this film i really it's it's enjoyable to watch it's very beautiful to watch there's um i think the plot is really well done like the the kind of connections to him that the little easter eggs are quite nice but then there's also enough yeah. different that it's, yeah. it feels like its own thing the only things that i feel 
quibbly about is that it would be it would be nice if we could have a, an ambitious, badass, cool woman emperor who doesn't have to shit on other women <laughs> to get where she is. Well, yeah, it's very and I like this. This is very much where the the narrative of like pop feminism was in the early aughts. I think as well, we yeah. were like right out of the kind of nineties girl power era. We're in like Sheryl Sandberg and Lean In is right around this time. So like, there's, um, there's this this very kind of, I guess, neoliberal ideal of feminism where like, if we can just behave sufficiently like the men in power and we can put ourselves in those powerful positions, then that will fix everything. Yeah. Um, and so under that logic, yeah. yeah, Like being nasty to Ching under that logic works. Um, but I always ask my students every year, I say, do you think that this is a feminist film? Right. And it's very interesting to hear them debate it. Do they think it is? Because, I mean, I guess the argument is because you have a strong female character mm-hmm. who, you know, is, you know, being strategic. She's sort of playing along with mm-hmm. the game when she knows that she needs to. Mm-hmm. But she's also independently thinking about how can I, what's my next move? How can I move this ahead? Yeah. She's smart. She's, she's ruthless. Smart, she's ruthless. She's, yeah. she, she can fight. We can see that. Yeah. You know? But she's also um, pretty. <laughs> she shows her butt. She shows her butt, <laughs> <laughs> but just her butt. <laughs> so like, but then as you say, on the other hand, it, it's very much in that, that model of like, like a single woman can do the same thing as a man. Yeah. And that, but that's where the book kind of stops, isn't it? Yeah. And there's, there's no kind of, I guess Wuluan sort of fulfills this for us a little bit in that he's, he's quite resistant to the idea of monarchy in general. Um, but she, you know, there's, there's no thought from her that like, maybe what needs to happen here is that there should be no emperor. It's emperor That's, or nothing. Yeah. It's emperor or nothing. I mean, we don't know what happens at the end is, is the, you know, who's, That's true. who's, who's going to be the new, emperor? the new emperor. There's nobody left. You know? Yeah. What about, you know, is there going to be a new groove as well? I guess, probably. Because <laughs> they, they do throw off her groove by, by murdering her. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's super interesting to hear students debate it. I think it's also interesting to look at, like, because I've been teaching this film for a few years now, where the conversation was in 2020 is quite different from where the conversation in is now. 2000 and, well, yeah. In, yeah, and in 2006. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I think there's... Yeah, it's interesting. They but they do often start from like, well, you know, she's a strong female lead, like yeah. compared to Hamlet. And I'm like, mm, okay, if we're comparing anything to Hamlet, it's gonna seem feminist <laughs> because yeah. Hamlet's kind of the pits. Um but yeah, they you know, having because it's a, a module where we it's a class where we look exclusively at Hamlet adaptations. Yeah. Compared to lots of other adaptations of Hamlet, yeah. compared to Hamlet itself, there there's certainly much more screen time for her. Oh yeah, um, I think you, you, that's, she's yeah, she's this fully developed yeah. character, which Gertrude and Ophelia really are not. Um so she you know, there there's a lot that's appealing about her, I think, if you want to look for the sort of feminist angle on this. Um, but almost always the conversation comes around to, yeah, but it, yeah, it's a very, it's a very kind of particular it's a, neoliberal uh, yeah. individualistic version. If it is feminist, it's feminist in that vein and that vein only Yeah, because she is so horrible to Ching because, um, the model of power is very, she only succeeds if she's following that same model. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And there's no, 
there's no um, indication in the film that there's any thought about her disrupting that. Yeah. So. Hmm. So, yeah, the banquet. Um, final thoughts? I did have some. And they've gone. Oh. <laughs> they've been stolen. They've gone on holiday. They've, they have, yeah. Aw. Actually, I have got a question for you, Nora. Okay. You're having a giant stone statue made is it a snow leopard is it a tiger or a flying dragon a flying dragon that is the correct answer obviously that's the only answer yeah yeah and that's not even just from our perspective that's literally that's what the empress says so that is yeah it's it's correct um i like snow leopards they're pretty good i think they're cool yeah tigers majestic majestic beasts but i've never seen a dragon in real life I think if one arrived, that'd be kind of cool. Dragons are pretty cool, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. Who doesn't like a dragon? That's true. I, I guess maybe George. stuff that gets... Yeah, St. George. St. <laughs> George. He had, he had a real beef with dragons, you yeah, know? Yeah, what was his beef with the dragons? It's, you know, like in Shrek, when they when they fight the dragon and Donkey and the dragon fall in love and it turns out the dragon's like, A, a girl, and B, yeah. pretty chill. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel about St. George sometimes. I'm like, did you try talking to the dragon? Yeah, and did then you, you just show up the with dragon your, is actually like Barney the dinosaur. Yeah, you like show up with your swords and you're here to fight and the dragon's defending itself, but yeah. like... Like, you know, what if it just felt really threatened? But the dragon had a load of gold. Yeah. So, so, you know, can't get in the way of capitalism. I guess. I guess. Even for St. George. Mm. Mm. Dragon's Den. Dragon's Den. Rawr. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. Well, the banquet. Yeah. We don't miss our genometer on the film one, so I feel like I don't know how to end no, it. No, but I think we had a good, we had a good chat on, on that kind of thing. We did. Yes. Um, maybe just like, I don't know. I feel like as a film... I think it's it's definitely better than 42%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's the first film we've covered that I, I actually oh, would recommend. Oh, oh, hang on. I was going to check some of the reviews. Oh, okay. Um, I'll vamp for Amazon you. reviews can be quite <laughs> They can. Scathing. Um, um, it's got a 4.3 out of 5 on Amazon, which is probably about... Yeah, that's about right. About right. That's it's about not right. a perfect film, as we've said, but it is still... It's definitely a decent film. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, enjoyable. I felt like the time went quite quickly while we were watching it. Um, for the most yeah. part yeah um it's the first film we've covered on podcasts that i actually would recommend going out and watching oh yeah this is i mean this is much better than she's the man or um yeah. seal with a kiss so much better <laughs> um i'm sorry i'm just trying to a lot of the reviews are actually quite positive so it's usually the bad reviews that are, are more interesting mm, i think you can filter by one star reviews oh yeah okay so let's let's check out this <laughs> Okay, here's a a great review of this. Oh, dear. Title, nope. (laughs) Review, didn't play. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. Okay, again, this one says, think of a martial arts movie with with the usual paper-thin plot. I don't think that's true at all. I don't think that's true. But with most of the martial arts removed. Um, I don't think they... I don't think that's true either, yeah. Um, same old, same old. Another miserable big budget martial arts movie. Oh, I don't think it. I think it's that's not, unfair. It's not a martial arts film. It's not. It's in. It's in that style. Which but I no, can not see. really because martial. It's not really. It's not. You know, as someone who, I've seen not like loads, but I've seen enough to know that. I think people have this idea that because it's you know it's a Chinese film mm. with people you know, fighting and flying around in the air that it automatically is a martial arts film. And mm. I don't think it is. I think it's a drama. Yes. That just has fighting in it. Yeah. In that style. 
Um, but the whole is this not centered around the fighting. It's not about, you know, someone no, training the fighting up to is be a fighter. The story to, other, you know. rather than the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone commenting about the aspect ratio again, that's again, I, people just don't seem to understand the style. I think Yeah. the monks seem to ballet fight. Yes. Yes, they do. So yeah, here's one for you, Nora. Why use Hamlet and not the Oresteia? Oh, I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, probably because more people know what Hamlet is than know what the Oresteia is. Yeah. But the, or the Oresteia is also a, a kind of revenge story, but it's ancient Greek instead of Shakespeare. Hmm. Yeah, sorry, these aren't as interesting, aren't as, uh, as, as funny, these they're reviews. Funny. They're, they're more sort of just sort of yeah, I mean, critical. I think in Unless general... there are a lot of people criticising the DVD presentation of a film, which is not really... Seems unfair. Uh, a bit unfair, because that's yeah. not even necessarily the filmmakers who are responsible for that. That would right, probably be the exactly. studio or whoever's yeah. distributing it. Yeah. But I didn't think it was that bad. No, I thought I, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. And I think, I think it's a difficult film to make fun of in some ways. I think it's in some ways as well. I think it's a bit of one of those films that people are going to go in with a certain idea of what they think it will be. And they'll either go in already with ideas about like, yeah. oh, I don't know if you can do Shakespeare in this format. Or, oh, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be like, mm. I don't know, like exactly. It's going to be like the best thing ever because it's combining these two things. And I don't, and I think either way you're putting expectations on it that, you're you're already going in with with an idea of what you think it's going to be, and I think mm. you, you actually the film is better when you don't know. I thought this film when I watched when we watched it was it three years ago. Yeah. Um, I think I enjoyed it probably more than when we watched it today because I didn't know as much about Hamlet, mm. and I think that actually makes it better in a way because I think the more you know about shakespeare hamlet what your expectations of the play and oh and you're, you're then constantly thinking all the whole time how is this different from hamlet well, yeah hamlet? you're like making that comparison and I think all if the you're time. going in with a, a kind of a more of a a kind of clean slate of an, just a vague not idea that oh it's an adaptation of this i think you, you kind of you're not constantly analyzing it all the time you're not constantly looking for the differences mm. and i think you can then sort of appreciate it for what it is more yeah i think it's my, I have students who've said something similar that they were like, I think actually if I if I just forget that this is an adaptation of Hamlet, I like it better than if I think of it as a Hamlet adaptation. Um, and I'm not quite sure why that is. I think there's, yeah. I think it's sufficiently different from Hamlet that yeah. probably for lots of people the the connections are not so strong as yeah. to be, um, as, like it doesn't feel like you're watching an yeah. adaptation of Hamlet when you watch it, and so maybe. Yeah making that link is sort of disrupting some of the viewing pleasure. Yeah. In some ways, I don't know. I mean, I also think that there are definitely people who are critical of like Crouch and Tiger mm. and saying it was boring and stuff like that when that came out as well, because I think there is often a preconception if you've got that, you know, this style of film that's really more of a drama with sort of fighting mm. elements in it. Um, I think people have an idea that it is like a martial arts film mm. and that they're going and then you've got these dramatic sequences and, and plot developments and, and you know, how are these relationship of these characters developing? And, and I think it's sort of, they're then like, Oh, but I came here to watch people, you know, I'm yeah. here for the action sequences. You sort of can't win in some ways. You, can you? You because, can't really win because yeah. that's not what they, they weren't making a, uh, it's, it's a drama with 
yes. fight scenes in it. It's not a, a fighting film yeah. with some drama in it, you know. <laughs> and this is like, I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on pod, but it just makes me laugh that I, I had a group of students one year who watched this film and came in and unanimously really disliked it on the grounds that it wasn't believable. Oh yeah, I want to get to this. Yeah. Yeah. So they they come into class and I'm like, hey, you know, I usually start when we have new, when we have a new primary text. So some, something we've all sort of read or seen together um, for the first time, I'll sort of often just kind of softball start the discussion by saying like, oh, what are your first impressions of this? What, do you, what did you make of this? What, did you, what sticks out in your memory of it? And pretty unanimously, they really felt that, that this was not a good film because it wasn't realistic. That's not the point. Like, well, it's yeah. quite realistic in other ways. It's, yeah, it's, and I think that's where they were getting tripped up, right? Was the, this exact thing you're saying, that we've got these kind it's of style. hyper-stylized yeah. fight sequences, and then we've got these kind of very naturalistic, dramatic sequences. So you've either, got, sequences. either got people who just want the drama, and, uh, yeah, naturalistic drama, and uh, or you've got people who just want the hyper-stylized hyper fight sequences. But I also, like, and, I kind of felt bad for them, because I was like, God, can you not, like, can you I, not just I, open your minds for yeah. a second to the to the idea that, like, you know, in this, I, I bang this drum a lot in, in my acting classes, in my literature classes, like any, any kind of teaching I'm doing in relation to, um, artistic expression and like in my own work as well, I'm, I'm really not keen on the idea that the only way to express a kind of emotional truth is through something that looks naturalistic or photorealistic, right? Like big T truth, <laughs> this, yeah. this kind of emotional, um, yeah, this kind of connection to the divine or to truth or to emotion or whatever. There's six billion ways to access that. Yeah. Probably as many ways as there are people on earth. So probably more than six billion. And to to limit it to like, oh, if it's not naturalistic, then it's not realistic or then it's not believable. That's actually such a limiting way <laughs> to go through your life. Like, I honestly, it makes me sad. Yeah. Um, but I also in the moment was was feeling tired and a little bit sarcastic. And I, I did say in class, oh, I'm sorry. The play that starts with a ghost well, exactly. <laughs> hasn't been adapted in a realistic enough way for you. Well, like, I feel like there's enough other people who are adapting it in those kind of ways as well. So why not? Why can't well, you Well, but even experience... when they are, I mean, there's, you know, I'm sure there are adaptation, like full story adaptations of Hamlet out there that don't have any kind of supernatural element to them at all. But I don't really know of any well, I'm, I mean, like, I'm in it for the ghosts i'm in it for the fighting you yeah. know I, mean? I mean i i to me this is how you get me to watch a shakespeare film mm. is you put hyper stylized fighting in it you yeah know, <laughs> you put lots of symbolism and, and superstition and, and things like that in it you know that that makes it for me personally that 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 makes it more interesting because you're fusing together different styles and different ideas yeah and i find that exciting rather than doing it in a very certain way that i'm sure other people are doing that exact way as well yeah you know let's let's do it it's interesting to see it because it's a different take on shakespeare that's why it's interesting yeah and the you know the fighting as we talked about earlier is is a kind of form of it's great the fighting is great especially that first one in that first fight is really strong it's really good um but they're they're beautiful to watch they're really exciting they add a kind of element of drama and suspense to it but also as, as we mentioned earlier they're kind of carrying emotional storytelling Right. So they're yeah. they're kind of fulfilling that function of sort of of an aria from opera, of the I want songs from musical theater, of um you know, like the 
the, of soliloquies in Shakespeare plays in, in early modern drama, because yeah. most of the time we're not progressing plot through soliloquy usually, or we will a little bit, but it's mostly about kind of unpacking these inner feelings. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the fight choreography does in a lot of this film as well is kind of show us something that is more than the sum of its parts in a way, yeah. right? It's, it's expressing something that couldn't be expressed just through either a kind of typical realistic fight scene or through that fight not happening at all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 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 So James, uh, my final thought for you today is okay. always check the almanac to make sure that you are having a feast on an auspicious day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Check you ain't got any hidden dragons either. Yeah. <laughs> Nessie! <laughs> flying dragons. <laughs> Can you imagine if Nessie started flying? Well, I, maybe that's why he's not there anymore. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's, that's him, why nobody sees off. him. He flew away. And he flew away. Yeah, he's somewhere else now. Yeah, hanging out with the snow leopard. <laughs> You've been listening to Not Another Shakespeare Podcast, and this is our pre-recorded outro. If you liked this episode, please review and subscribe. If you hated this episode, maybe share it with a nemesis. You can follow us on social media at N.A. Shacks Podcast or check out our website, nashakespearepodcast.com. Thanks for listening and see thee next time. And fare thee well.